Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fall Snines. This is the 58th episode of a bi-weekly footballing discussion. I am your host, Zach Pensack, alongside my friend Adam Goffin. Adam, what's good? Footy, Zach. Mid-season review, footy. Mid-season review. We're not halfway through the season. Why are we doing the mid-season review today? You know what? You we, did, we did a mid-season review with CHN Radio, and there was about eight games played. So you know what? At least we're closer to 19 games played. <laughs> nice. I like that. I like that. That is true. Um, that is true. We are kind of close to midway through the season. We'll see if we ever get to midway through the season, um, if the season continues past tomorrow, past this weekend. Uh, what is it? Three, two games have already been postponed. The Everton City game and then the... Um, which game was it on Monday that got postponed? Uh, that was the Everton City game that got postponed on Monday. True. Yeah, yeah. It, they're, yeah. They're, talking, they're talking about now Spurs game tomorrow being postponed as well. Yeah, Spurs Fulham tomorrow mm-hmm. um, getting postponed. So shit's getting really bad really quickly. If, if people haven't been paying attention, we can just dive right into this before we go into the rest of the pod. But um, it's now, I think, 19 confirmed positive cases of COVID have been uh, found in the last five days in the Premier League. Um, it looks like the full-blown outbreak that we you know, pretty much saw in a microcosm at Newcastle. And it's now, the, the dangerous part is it's now getting to multiple teams. So um, a lot of people saying that you know, maybe a, a, a winter break needs to be put in. Big Sam Allardyce coming out today, being the first manager in the Premier League to say that there needs to be some sort of break. Um, and Big Sam bringing up a lot of good points, uh, largely saying, you know, I'm, for example, I'm a 66-year-old man. I, If I catch COVID, there's a per- statistical likelihood that it hits me pretty hard. Uh, I did see a lot of people, though, making jokes of that it was it was convenient for him to, to make that statement on the uh, the closing interview after a 5-0 loss. But I think that, you know, we, we all know that Deflect. this is something that, it, that yeah, exactly. It, it is very top of mind, though, at the moment. Yeah, it's true. There is one silver lining here, Zach. Pretty much every Newcastle player has antibodies for COVID at this point because they were the first team to really just disregard the rules completely and, and catch COVID as a team. If it becomes a war of attrition and it's just the Premier League is saying, you know what, we're never going to postpone the season. You're just going to have to put out healthy sides. Newcastle Newcastle could push for, for a European spot just because they might be <laughs> one of three teams that can yield an entire 11-person lineup. Yeah, exactly. It's like winning by default, right? Yep. Because you've you're the only team that's got enough players to field a side, everybody else defers. Exactly, exactly. Which is obviously not what we want to happen, even if that means that Newcastle makes Europe. Um, but it, it has been a pretty a pretty eventful week, I would say, so far in in the Premier League in regards to that. But Adam, you uh, you want to present to our our loyal listeners how we're going to go over this this quasi pseudo mid season review today. Yeah, we're going to go back to an old staple that we used to do. We're going to go from top down in the Premier League, 1 through 20, and we're going to talk about each team with really four key themes in mind. We're going to grade them on their season so far. We're going to talk about their player of the season so far. We're going to talk about, as we're now um, recording this, a couple days before the end of the year, 2020. Thank God it's almost the end of 2020. It's been brutal. Um, We're going into the January transfer window. So what are the key areas that these teams need to strengthen on in January? And then finally, their current league placing, will they finish higher, will they finish lower, or will they maintain their league position? So we'll go through that, 1 through 20, um, and then we're going to take a quick break in between. 
Then we'll go into our our old staples here on the pod. We're going to go into Armchair Pundits, 10 and 90. I have got a barnstormer for you this week, Zachary. And then we're going to talk about the games that we're looking forward to this weekend if they happen. It's true. A, an age-old structure for the end of the pod. I've yet to receive any anonymous hate mail as to how we close out the podcast. So, you know what? Might might as well keep running with it. It's it's clearly working, unless nobody's listening. And then and then the silence has become deafening. But uh yeah, it should be a good one today. I know that we've been putting out some lengthy episodes, so we'll we'll try to keep this one somewhat uh brief. I think that Adam, you and I will probably agree on most of these. Uh, these categories for for different teams, but excited to hear who you have picked and um, the expectations that you have for each club. So do you want to start us off here? We'll start, as you said, top of the table and go down, starting with Liverpool, defending champions now back at the head of the Premier League, a two-point lead on Manchester United, uh, and they look like they're flying at the moment. Yeah, back to back to normal um, here in the Premier League. Liverpool flying high at the top, but it hasn't been all fun and games for Liverpool They've, they've lost some players. Van Dyke's been injured. Joel Matip just got injured in the last game. So as far as our season grades so far, I'm giving them a B plus, Zach. Um, they've looked shaky, like I said. A B plus. Let, let me give you some stats here to back that up. They dropped 15 points in the entirety of last season. We are 15 games into the season. They've already dropped 13 points this season. They had that big 7-2 loss against Aston Villa. They just dropped points at home against West Brom. This is not the complete total football team that we saw last season for me. Okay. I, I think you and I took kind of two different types of optics when when giving a grade. I gave an A-plus to Liverpool, and the way that I uh, rationalize that is, is not as much comparing it to last season, but more touching upon the things that you've mentioned. They lost their best player, Van Dyke, very early on in the season and are two points clear at the top of the table. So I think in, in regards to that, to be able to do that, and you know, I, I would say there are almost, I'd say there are, I would comfortably say there are no other teams in the Premier League that could lose the player who is pretty unanimously viewed as either their best or most important player um, and, and be at the top of the table. I think it's an A plus for Liverpool um, player of the season. I'll just run into that. I, I think it's uh, Diogo Jota for me, the impact that he's had since moving over from Wolves has been astounding. Um, I believe it was, he scored each of his first four Premier League games and really just added fuel to the fire of that impressive attacking three that Liverpool already had. Curious to strengthen, um, you kind of alluded to this, uh, it has to be center back depth for me. They need more players who can fill into those roles if they are going to continue having injuries. Um, but as to where I think they will finish this season, I think they repeat as champions. I think Liverpool is such a good team and they're so good at getting new players and everybody wants to play there um, at the moment. I, I see them holding on to this one. Yeah, I, I could agree with you on some of that. On the player of the season so far, for me, it's Mo Salah. He's top scorer sure. in the Premier League, 13 goals in 15 games. I think they'd be a lot worse off in terms of um, in terms of the contributions that Salah has made. And I think that the defensive woes that they would have uh, got through Van Dijk being out would have been far worse. They have conceded 20 goals. They've still conceded 20 goals, which is fairly high for top half of the table teams, especially when you compare it to last season. So without Salah's goals, I think they'd be far worse off and not anywhere near close to the first place in the league. I agree with you on the defensive side. I think that's where they need to strengthen. It's very clear with Matip and now with Van Dijk out pretty much confirmed for the season that they need to strengthen there. And I, but I do think they'll retain. I do think they're the best team in the yeah. Premier League. Um, and I think, and I have thought since the start of the season that Liverpool will be champions again. 
I like that. I like that. We're, we're starting off with a lot of agreeances. So this is a good sign of things to come before it completely unravels. So honorable mention, because I've been a critic of his in the past, Bobby Firmino, he's come up with some really important goals recently, and he's always linked the play well, and he's always done the heavy kind of dirty work for, for the team. Um, but I think this season he's really stepped up. Um, could have scored the winner if it weren't for a wonder save against West Brom this past weekend. Um, but Firmino for me is is playing really well. I would I would ha- I would say Firmino for me behind Salah is probably the second strongest Liverpool forward ahead of Jota and ahead of Sadio Mane this season. Yeah, I regret saying Jota. I I, I think that he's been you know I, I, he he was kind of the boost that they needed. But you're right in terms of just importance to the team. I agree that those two players are. Or the top two. Um, I'll make an interesting analogy before we go on to Manchester United. Uh, the same people that criticize Bobby Firmino because he doesn't necessarily score a lot of goals are the same people that will criticize pitchers in the MLB for not getting a high win total. And the point of that being that it is ignoring 99% of what their job as a player on the field entails and just writing them on one kind of esoteric statistic because Bobby Firmino is not a goal scorer. And that's what's so great about Liverpool is he doesn't need to score score goals. When we review the pod, it will be the baseball analogy where we saw the listeners drop. (laughs) It'll plummet. Um, (laughs) That's fair. I'll bring cricket into this next time and then we we can even the odds. All right. Sounds good. So Manchester United, Adam, I, I'm curious, what, what what grade did you give here? I gave them an A. Uh, I guess I'm being a little bit more harsh on you this season. I gave them a B um, only you because are. of the erratic nature of how they've gotten to where they are. I feel like Ole could have been fired like eight times already this season, but somehow they're still in second place in the league. So I gave them a B. I actually, I gave them this grade before the win today. So I think I may, may skirt it up to a B plus, but not in the A category for me for United. Plenty of problems there. Fair enough. I I think that I'm going largely off the current place in the table. And again, in a similar vein to Liverpool, they've had their issues, but they're still the second best team in the Premier League at the moment. Uh, Player of the season has to be Bruno Fernandes. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. A couple (laughs) stats for you here. Double digit goals inside 14 games this season. And he's only scored four of them from the spot. So more than 50% of his goals have been from open play. He finished the last season with eight and 14. He started this season with 10 and 14. So this was not a flash of the pen from Sir Bruno. Oh, no, 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 no. He's done even better at the start of the season than he did on the tail end of last season. Mm-hmm. The Portuguese contingent throughout the Premier League is, is really proving their worth at the moment. Um, uh, key areas to strengthen? Center back. Center yeah, back. I, I agree. Most goals allowed in the top half of the table. Yeah, been better, bit better recently, um, but but doing it not necessarily against some of the stronger teams in the league. And Lindelof for me is still a liability. I think that's that's where they need to to replace. The one thing I was going to mention, Lindelof at right back against Tottenham looked pretty good. I think that that might be an interesting development if they can get a top center back and move him over to right back. Maybe it's one of these things where it's. You know, that that's where he will really thrive. Kind of uh, in a, I, I guess, the opposite of a Kyle Walker situation. Yeah, I, could, I mean, I'd, I'd be curious to see more of that, I guess. Um, I just don't think he's the deal. That, that center-back pairing of Maguire and Lindelof, Lindelof is the weak link for me. Mm-hmm. Harry Maguire um, gets a lot of stick, but Harry Maguire knows how to marshal the defense. You think about what he did for Leicester in their title-winning season, he was incredible, um, and he continues mm-hmm. to be for me. 
I think that's a good point. So uh, Lester in third, obviously, without Harry Maguire, but still having a, an impressive season, especially um, with injuries that they've had um, to a, a particularly important center back, uh, losing uh, Calgar Soyuncu pretty early in the season and yet still uh, third in the table. I give him an A-. Minus. I think that uh, you know Lester keeping what they proved they can do last season have had their slip-ups, but overall they're, they're a very – fun and a compact team to watch. I give him a B. So we're going to go with this theme of me wow. scoring lower than we're you. Never, we're never going to meet in the middle. Yes, you're, going to you're, to, you're not you're biased on get, this one at all, are you? You're going to get to Q when I'm at C. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, the inconsistency. Um, they've they've been, they've smashed Manchester City 5-2. And then they've gone and turned around and they've lost the teams in the bottom half. And it's just that inconsistency that worries me for Leicester. Um, mm. So it's great to watch when it clicks. It's like no team in the league can touch them. Um, but it doesn't click on too many occasions for me. That's why I went with a B. That's fair enough. I, I kind of compared them to the rest of the, the Premier League in the idea that nobody is playing consistent football at the moment. So as a standalone, I think they've done well. Player of the season? Uh, for me, kind of early, but I'm going to go with James Madison. I just feel like they look like a different team to me when he plays. Hasn't sure. played even half the games this season. But a couple of honorable mentions. I think Harvey Barnes is continuing his progress. I think he'll be in the England squad for the World Cup. And then James Justin's had a great season as well. Uh, right back with Pereira out. I thought they were going to really struggle there, but he's come in and done a fantastic job. Real strength and depth for England at right back. Trent Alexander-Arnold, James Justin. So some good players. Actually. Ben Chilwell as well. Um, yeah, for, former Leicester City man. Yeah, so a bit of a role reversal here. Uh, where, whereas in Liverpool, I went a player who's not played a ton of the games and, and you went with Salah. I went with James Justin here, the highest capped player in at Leicester. I played the most minutes uh, on that team so far. I think that he, pretty much a, a virtual unknown before this season has been fantastic uh, for the Foxes and has really led to, you know, he, he fits in perfectly with their attacking minded football. So I've been really, really impressed by him. Uh, key areas to strengthen. Um, I struggled with this one a little bit and I ended up copping out and saying center back. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily think that they'll need strengthening there once Soyuncu comes back. But for me, Johnny Evans is not a starting defender in the Premier League. I think he's the mm -hmm. weak link there. Fofana's come in and he's looked pretty good. He was a big like for them in the summer, but I think if you can get Soyuncu and Fofana back as the, as the center back pairing, I think that we're looking at the future there, but it just depends on how long Soyuncu continues to be out. Definitely. I, I kind of, you know, was was reaching for one as well because Leicester has been a, a really solid team. I said in attack, getting another striker, I think, is not something necessary, but would benefit them a lot. Jamie Vardy with 13 goals has almost half of their team's 29 total, which you never really want to rely on one person. And uh, who knows, Jamie Vardy seems, you know, like a, a man made of steel, but anybody can suffer an injury at any time. So if Vardy goes down, Lester is is reeling. Uh, I think getting another striker in there would, would be a beneficial move. It was right around this time last season, if you remember, right before Christmas that he um, that he went down last time. And I think they really struggled right after Christmas in the aftermath of that. So, okay, um, we, we skipped this one for Man United. So, we'll Man United say. so Man United in second, Leicester in third. Do we feel like both of those teams will maintain those spots come the end of the season? Uh, I think Man U will finish in second. I think that uh, I think that Leicester will fall off. I have Leicester finishing in sixth. I think both teams will fall off. I've been very pessimistic okay. so far. So um, I've, 
I see Liverpool staying at the top and Manu and Leicester both slipping down from their current placings in second and third. Okay. okay, on to fourth. The form team in the Premier League, Zach. 13 points from 15, four wins in a row. Everton Football Club, Carlo Ancelotti's Everton. Season grade for you so far? It's an A. It's an A for Everton so far. Uh, being uh, at the fringe of uh, well, being in Champions League qualification at the moment, but of in in the fringe of you know uh, a title race uh, with how compact the the top of the table is. Everton hot start. You know, seemed as though they weren't going to lose a game all season. Uh, did simmer off a bit. Now, as you mentioned, unbeaten in their last five. I think that the, what Angelotti has done with that team is just provide consistency, providing a world-class level of not just knowledge of the game and tactics, but more so confidence and the ability to rebound nicely. I, I know I've harped many times that the real test of a player or more so a manager is not if they fall down, but how they pick themselves up. And Everton has done a fantastic job of doing so. So gave them an A there and uh, I, I assume that we we have the same player this season, but what what grade did you give before we both talk about <laughs> a man whose name rhymes with Shmamanek Shmavert Shmuin? Yes, exactly. Uh, I also gave them an A. Um, nine nine wins from 15, 60% win percentage on the season for Ancelotti. How can you give them anything other than A? And especially with expectations going into the season, they far surpassed those for me. Uh, yeah, player of the season, Dominic Calvert-Lewin moving on. Key areas needing strengthening in January transfer window. <laughs> I could never resist a dig here. Jordan Pickford, get out of here. I, this, I knew we were both going <laughs> to I have no idea if there are stats to back that up. He, he, I think he's been fine this season, but screw Jordan Pickford. Yep, exactly. They need strength at goalkeeper. Olsen's not the answer either. He's been meh when he's coming. He's fine. Uh, and then where will they finish? Will they finish higher, lower, or in fourth place? Uh, Everton finishes third, so they will go up one place. The- yeah, I'm very. I'm, I mean, you look at Everton. You look at the, the Everton is my stonk that I'm investing in right now. You you look at the teams that they've played recently, and they've not had easy matches. Uh, and I, I think that they've really proved themselves. And I I see Carlo Ancelotti motivating this team to get to the promised land that Everton has been held away from for you know decades which is uh european football or champions league football i think they fall off and i think they but i think they make europe so okay. that's my that's my prediction for everton all right down to fifth aston, aston, villa. aston villa in fifth place uh all right. we, we both mimicked a grade here it, it has to be an a plus for aston villa it'd be inane to say anything else a plus for me as well, right? Team that stayed up on the last day of the season last year are flying high in fifth in the Premier League and have games in hand on the teams above them. So they can two games in hand. Oh, crazy to think. Yeah, they're three points behind Leicester right now with two games in hand. So can get up to third or more in the league if they win those two games. So credit to Aston Villa. Amazing season so far. Player of the season for you, Zach? Ed Grealish. I think that Grealish has gone from from strength to strength. It's six goals and eight assists for him, and he's really proving to be you know the the real deal, if you will, or or really one of one of the many center attacking mid real deals that the England team kind of has in place now. That's a that's a position that there is maybe six players who could you could make a claim should be starting for England, but Grealish is. It continues to be the, the guy who makes him tick. I think Dean Smith has to be given all the credit in the world. Some savvy moves in the summer. I thought getting Barkley was a good move and retaining a lot of key players, Grealish being the main one. Uh, but Aston Villa, and we'll, we'll obviously get to Newcastle in a bit, but Aston Villa is in so many ways what 
you wish that Newcastle was right now, which is a team with a clear identity, a team that might not be the best team on paper, but knows what they're doing and knows what they're going out there to do. Um, yeah, it's been fantastic to watch them play. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so on the player of the season side, I had a feeling you'd go with Grealish, and that was the obvious one for me. So I wanted to go a little bit obscure on it. Um, so I went for the what have you done for me lately vibe here. And we're Al Ghazi. Five goals and eight yeah. from midfield. Scored some crucial no, goals recently. Yeah. Um, did you know that El Ghazi is a Dutch international? Oh, I feel he, uh, yeah, because I think he started at Eindhoven. Yep. I, might, I might be wrong, but I believe so. He was born. He was born in the Netherlands, but could have played for either Morocco or the Netherlands. Ended up talking to an idol of his. This is a true story. I read it, Cristiano Ronaldo, and he said, "Hey, I haven't made up my mind on which national team I want to represent. Should I represent Morocco or should I represent the Netherlands?" And Ronaldo said, "Play for the Netherlands. You'll have more chances of playing at major tournaments." So he's 25. I don't know how many major tournaments he'll play in. There's a lot of competition in the middle of the park for the Netherlands. Um, but just thought that was a cool story, and I think he's been in fine form recently. Did you see where they might have met? Because I'm trying to think about this. I'm I'm thinking about you know, El Ghazi has. Let's see here. He's never played in La Liga. He's never played in uh, Syria. So they've never over. Like I wonder where in the where in the absolute world could have could he have met Cristiano Ronaldo? But I do like that. Good story and 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 good team. Now now. Aston Villa, though, do you think they're able to keep it up? I, I have them dropping to eighth. I'm, I'm saying they, they can crack the top eight, but I don't think they're going to finish in fifth. I think they'll finish lower than fifth for sure. And I actually think that the area that they probably need to strengthen in, although they spent a lot of money there in the summer, they really wanted Callum Wilson. They didn't get him. They got Ollie Watkins. He's a good player, but he's not a great player, and I don't think he can take them on to that next level. I agree. I, I said striker as well. If not for a starting striker for the depth um, – but yeah, I agree on that one. So Chelsea in six. Now, this is an interesting one because a team that has no problem scoring goals. Uh, I give Chelsea a I'm gonna actually change this at the last moment here. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Chelsea a a B. Uh, I had them a bit higher than that. Uh, another team that you know was starting off pretty hot, kind of that same thing that we saw out of uh, Everton, uh, stumbled a bit, and now just one win in five. So unlike Everton, they haven't really recovered. Um, yeah, what, what, what is your rating for Chelsea before we go into the player of the season? I give them a B-. minus. I feel like they've got a lot of players that haven't really lived up to the hype. Part of that is I think they need to settle in. It's a really hard time to come into the Premier League as a foreign player in a foreign country, not having a lot of great support during COVID. You know, you're very isolated and trying to adapt to the league. So I feel for some of the players, but they're big name players. They're paid very handsomely and they just haven't lived up to the hype for me. Seven wins out of 16 isn't good enough for a team that had $200 million in investment. I agree. I agree that they do have a lot of underperforming players. Timo Werner, certainly the the top one. Although I, I think that playing him on the left wing might be a large part of why he's not playing terribly well. Um, Kai Havertz hasn't looked fully there yet. The one thing I will disagree with, and my, my dad brought this up with me in a conversation we had yesterday. Uh, he said that he is really, really tired of hearing the the punditry statement that it takes time to adjust to the Premier League, and that's why players are not playing well. And I agree with him. I think that you know maybe in the sense of Kai Harvard's needs to gain strength and weight, but I don't think that that's necessarily exclusive to the Premier League. I see no reason why they shouldn't be able to play at the same level they were at because of the Premier League necessarily. You could say that going to a new club is different, 
different because it's a new system, maybe new formations. But I think that the implication that is often made that the Premier League is a more difficult league to play in or a more physical league to play in, I don't think that holds a ton of weight. Hmm. I think we have to agree to disagree there. I do think it is a more physical league, and I think you've heard that from players dating all the way back, right? It just tends to be a tougher league, um, especially when you think about the teams in the lower echelons of the league. Um, they're, they're just going to try and grind out results like West, West Brom were able to do at, um, at Liverpool fairly recently. So, uh, I mean, either either way, I think we can agree that the, the players are underperforming that they've, they've yep. brought in over the summer. Player of the season, I struggle with this. I was kind of surprised. It took me a while to land on one. Who, who did you go for? Uh, I went with Edward Mendy, uh, the goalkeeper that they brought in to replace Kepa. Okay. I think that he has been excellent in his time at Chelsea. You've heard very few critiques, and I think he – I might be wrong on this stat, but I believe he came into Chelsea and immediately had five consecutive clean sheets. So um, that was you know, the, the place at which we were critiquing Chelsea the most all of last season was Kepa is a disaster uh, on the pitch, and I think that Mendy has, has really shored them out at the back. Did you see him get megged by El Ghazi, though? Oh, that was beautiful. That Arriving was nice. on the far post. Close your yeah. legs, Edward Mendy. There's a dress. That, that is true. The five, It is shocking to me how many times a player can put the a fairly large soccer ball through the legs of a kid. Like, it, it's still, I'm, I'm 25 years old. I've watched football almost my entire life, and I still don't get how it happens almost every game. I mean, this one was inside the six-yard box. He didn't have a lot of time know, to react to, yeah. to, to, his, to his defense there. I went with, for player of the season, though, I went with Reese James. Um, lots Lots of great right-back competition for England. I was just thinking about that before when we were talking um, previously about Trent Alexander-Arnold and then James Justin. Reese James is another right-back. England have got no problems at right-back for the next 15 years. I'll be in, in good good spot. Reese James, for me, is somebody that's come in. I didn't really know a lot about him this season and has very much impressed Mm, okay. I, I might disagree a little bit. I think that Reese James has shown good flashes. I think he was pretty pretty terrible against Arsenal. Uh, that being said, there was, there were, I, I did hear things that, uh, that he wasn't fully fit, whereas Cesar Espelicueta was and was left on the bench. So maybe, a, maybe a managerial mistake by Frank there. Um, but yeah, Reese James has impressed. I, I would put him third of those three English right backs right now, but I, I do like that shout. Um, areas to strengthen. I actually, for Chelsea, said none. I don't think necessarily that they need to get any additional players. I think they just need to play up to their potential. I think that Timo Werner is a, I wouldn't say world-class yet, but he is a fantastic striker. I think that, you know, they have all the attacking midfield talent. I think they have a, a solid a solid game plan and a solid scheme out there. I don't necessarily think that Chelsea needs additional players. I think that they just need to be playing up to the level that they, they can be. I think that N'Golo Kante is a shadow of the player that he was, um, that he is not playing to the same level that we've seen in the past. He's getting on a bit, and I think they need a defensive midfielder. I think that, honestly, if they got Hoiberg into this Chelsea side, whew, that would have been a, a phenomenal signing for them. You put him in around the talent around him where he can dictate the play a bit there. Um, Kante is the area for me, defensive midfielder, where I feel like they need to, to strengthen. And then they're in six right now. Do they finish higher, lower, or the same, Zach? Uh, I, I was, I was kind of like teeter tottering between fifth or sixth. I, I, I said that they'll finish in fifth, but I could very easily see them staying in, in sixth place. I think they make the top four. I think they go higher. Ooh, okay. 
Yep, lots of rumors um, around the um, Tuchel, Tuchel, I can never pronounce it, uh, is going to come in and replace Lampard here in the hot seat at Chelsea. We I will see. No. Watch, watch this space, as we say. Um, <laughs> as we collectively say. <laughs> uh, so so we'll see what happens. But I don't know. You think you think Lampard lasts the season? Yeah, I do. I do. Because I think they he writes the ship and gets them fifth, which I think after, you know, the year after... After last year, I think that's a successful season getting into some sort of European football. Uh, Spurs in seventh. What was the grade you gave for Spurs? This was Spurs was a tough one all around for me. Yeah, I gave Spurs a B plus. So did I. Uh, okay. All right. I'm glad we're on the same page there. I feel like their recent form, we were talking about them two pods ago, where they're coming into this tough, festive fixture list. And if they could really shine during that fixture list, we feel like they would be able to, you know, really kind of kick on. They've now taken two points from 12, uh, two losses and two draws in the last four Premier League games, and they haven't lived up to it. And there's excuses coming out from Mourinho um, around the better team lost against Liverpool. Bullshit. That wasn't the case at all. Um, you were lucky. You would have been lucky to get a point in that game. I another place. I don't think the better team lost, but I don't think that Spurs was necessarily the worst team. I think that Spurs played very well. They played exactly the game plan that they should have played, and they lost on a a final second header. So I I would say that Liverpool was not the resounding better team in that match. But yeah, Jose Mourinho coming out with a lot of statements, as you said, it's one win in the last four, uh, and it's. Um, just too much reliance on Kane and Son. Obviously, you know, they're Kane and Son are playing at the highest possible levels right now, but it, it is worrying games that they don't score goals. And we've seen that in the last four games uh, that they haven't been, you know, putting in every single uh, every single chance. Player of the season. I have a feeling that there are one of two players that you could have chosen here. I went with Harry Kane purely on the fact that between goals and assists, he has 19, or excuse me, 18, uh, eight goals and 10 assists this season. And he, you know, for a while, everyone said Harry Kane is a world-class striker, but he is a pure number nine. And he is proving now that he can drop back, play that Firmino type role at times. Um, did you go with Kane or did you go with Hoiberg? Because I know it's one of those two. I went with neither, Zach. I actually went Ooh. with a, a three-way tie. Gareth Ooh, Bale. Wow. Ben no. Davis and oh, Joe. Yeah. And Joe <laughs> All right. So on to areas that Spurs can strengthen. Uh, they need less Wales players. I think that that's <laughs> uh, key areas that need strengthening. Um, for me, probably center back. I'm still not sold on Eric Dyer. Um, Rodden's young. Um, he, he's come in and he's played a couple of good games. For Spurs, most notably, I think when he came in and deputized for Alderweireld in a recent game and did a pretty good job, um, almost got found out by Giroud towards the end and was lucky mm-hmm. not to. Um, but I feel like they probably need a little bit more strength defensively. Um, that's the area that I would I would say they need some help. I like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll mimic that one. I, I was going to say striker in the same sense as Leicester, that right now they don't need anything to be changed. But if Kane went down, then who, you know, how, how do they... How do they run that attack? But I think that center back is a, a good shout for Spurs. Um, I'm going to just hop in with an extra segment. Uh, disappointment of the season, Gareth Bale by a considerable margin. I think the fact that it has, quote unquote, taken him three months and he's still not match fit is appalling and proves proves the fact that maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't Real Madrid that was in the wrong. Maybe Gareth Bale truly just 
stopped giving a shit because it seems like he still doesn't give a shit. You like, it should take you two to three weeks to get match fit realistically as a professional athlete. I don't think that's fair. I think that Gareth Bale is a shadow of the player that he used to be. Um, I think that Gareth Bale has had some injuries and has become more injury prone as he's gotten um, more on in his career. I don't think it's for want of trying. I truly feel like he wants to be successful. He wants to contribute to the Spurs team. He scored in midweek in the cup um, last week. And, you know, I, I just feel like he's been really, really unlucky with it. I, I need him to be fit for three weeks Sure. Yeah, three weeks in June. I'm. I'll give him an excuse, but I. I do. I'm starting to believe that that maybe he got a bit too complacent with receiving a massive paycheck and, and not doing anything at Real Madrid, and maybe he cares a bit more for this club that you know made him what he is today. But I don't think that. I don't think that the same Gareth Bale that we saw, you know, score, what was it, 33 goals in all competitions the year before he left Spurs. I don't see that hunger anymore. I think that Gareth Bale wants to do well, but doesn't. He doesn't feel the need to do well, but that's that can be a discussion for a different day. Um, Spurs currently in seventh. Are they going up or going down? I think or they'll go up. They'll they'll move up in the league. I think Spurs okay. much higher than seventh. Okay, I have them sixth or seventh, so I I agree, but could see them staying the same. Uh, okay, Man City. Manchester City in eighth. Season great so far for Man City. For me, it's a B. And purely based on the spot in the league that they are, I think that it's it's been clear this season they figured out the defensive side of their game, but they're really struggling up top right now. Yeah, B minus, same exact reasoning. A horrible start to the season. A bit of a lack of goals, but I, I, looking at the table, they're, they're in eighth and they're three points off third with two games in hand on Leicester. So a similar thing to Aston Villa could could leapfrog pretty quickly. Player of the season, I went with Rodri. I've been very, very impressed watching uh, the Spaniard play for uh, Manchester City this season. I think that there were uh, a number of issues on the defensive side, and I know that he's a, a defensive midfielder, but I've really enjoyed watching him play. Yeah, I'm really excited about Ferran Torres, but he wasn't my pick for it. I went for Ruben Diaz for the sole reason that anyone that can make John Stones look good on the field must be a top defender. <laughs> I like that. I like that dig at England as as a Welshman, as as two Welshmen doing a podcast here. Uh, Manchester <laughs> City, or excuse me, uh, areas of strength, and I think it has to be striker, right? Gabriel Jesus is just simply not seemingly not the answer um and i think the successor to aguero's throne that's that's what i wrote exactly a successor to aguero's throne and they still haven't figured it out yet higher or lower than eighth or staying higher. the same higher they're not finishing outside the top four yeah i think that manchester city finishes in fourth i think they have the the talent and they also have the funds in january to get a striker so you're picking everton to finish above city in the league this season oh i'm i'm I'm, I want to. I want to. I want to go to the Everton Cup every year. Yeah, I'm all in on Everton. <laughs> all right, um, I like that. Okay, let, let's let's round out the top half. Southampton in ninth. It's uh, another team started pretty hot and is now kind of maybe regressing to the mean. I'd say the injury to Danny Ings obviously was the biggest, the the worst thing that could have possibly happened. I gave them a B plus. I think that. This has still been a really good season, but you know to, to see what they could have been or could be at this moment with how tight the table is, it's 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 certainly not in the A category for me. Uh, I actually went with A 
Uh, I went with A minus. So uh, I, we're very close on it, I think. But for me, without Ings, they've done incredibly well because Ings was a talisman for them last season, right? Um, I just I just think that they've overperformed based on expectations. Still, one of my favorite moments of this season was when they were top for maybe 24 hours and their social media account <laughs> took so a screenshot of the table and said, stop the count. Stop the count. That, was, that was good. Yeah, I knew you were going to mention that. The best. So uh, player of the season so far, Jesus Ward Prowse, right? Has to be. Easy. Yeah. Yep. Next Honorable question. mention, Che Adams. Che Adams has been playing pretty well as well. I think he's fin- or started the season the same way he finished last season, doing pretty good. Kier is needing strengthening. Central defense for me, they haven't replaced Hoiberg, and it shows. Well, Hoiberg is not a central defender. Hoiberg is a defensive midfielder. Um, I would actually sorry, say that... Central defensive midfielder, sorry, I meant to say. Gotcha. Um, yeah, because yeah, I was going to say, my second pick for player of the season for them was is Jan Benderak, who I think has been great in the center of, of defense uh, this season. But I, I think center defensive mid is good. I think uh, another striker, depending on G- Danny Ings, would would be solid. Che Adams has been good, but is not somebody that's going to necessarily lead you to a top half finish. Um, do you, do you wait, think that wait, they can... Hold on, a question for you here. If you put Che Adams in Manchester City's lineup, would he score more or less goals than Gabriel Jesus? <laughs> I'm not going to fall for the Gabriel Jesus hate. He would score less goals than Gabriel Jesus. No, Jesus. come without on. A, absolutely, without no. a doubt. Che Adams Seth- Southampton, uh, higher, lower, or same. I have them staying at ninth. I think that's a fair evaluation for them. I have the same pick. I think they'll stay in ninth. On to West Ham in 10th, Zach. Season grade for them so far. It's a B for me. I think that just because we've seen what they can do and yet uh, there is an issue with that team of being consistent. Uh, There is a goal problem. Uh, Their defense has not not been fantastic, um, but I, I think that they they do need more goals for more players. Uh, Hilaire seems to be somewhat coming good. He has seven goals in the Premier League so far, uh, but I think that just a more diversified portfolio, if you will, in attack um, would be would be good for them. Yep, uh, I gave him a B as well. Um, good start to the season. I think by Christmas they would have taken top ten. Absolutely, uh, player of the season for me so far. Thomas Suchek uh, continues yes. to be the man for them. Uh, good form. Four goals from 15, chips up with goals when he's needed, and it's just a presence on the field. Absolutely. Jared Bowen was my honorable mention, but Suchek had, was, you know, they, they they needed to sign him in the summer. They needed to keep him on after that loan, and he has been fantastic. Him and Declan Rice, I know that you love giving Declan Rice a lot of shit, but they are a fantastic center defensive mid pairing. And and ideally for West Ham, the, the pairing of the future for them. Yep. Um, agree. Key errors they need to strengthen. I struggled with this one. I still think they need a center forward, but Saeed Benrama, I'm very, very excited to see what he can do once he really starts to settle into that team. Mm-hmm. I, I like that shout. Uh, I'd say center defense. They they still have some turnover. They have some aging players. I, I think Ibana is a, is a good player, but I think they could you know get on and, and maybe improve there. Uh, do you see where where do you see West Ham finishing? Uh, this I see season? them. They're, they're... I see them slipping down a bit. I think you'll see okay. them finishing in the bottom half. Me too. I had them at twelfth, so <laughs> I, I agree with that. Um, okay, cool. Let's take a quick commercial break, and then we will hop into the bottom half, the bottom dwellers of the table.
And we are back uh, with the False Nines episode 38, or excuse me, episode 58. I'm, I'm losing my mind over here in, in quarantine. Going through the bottom half of the Premier League table, we're going to start with Leeds in 11th. The, the darling of Premier League fans, Leeds, the team that, that doesn't care about anything but scoring goals. The Kevin Keegan S side winning 5-0 over West Brom today. What do you give as a grade for Leeds, Adam? I give them a B plus 30 goals for 30 goals against you never know what you're going to get with them, but you always know it's going to be entertaining. Zach. They're the Jameis Winston of the premier league. This is my second American reference uh, of the day. I'm not going to explain that one. People will either get it or they won't get it, but yeah, leads incredibly exciting to watch. I think B plus is uh, a good rating. It would be a bit naive to say they're an A just because they score a lot of goals. Uh, Cause as you said, their defense is, appalling uh but yeah it's been so much fun watching them play player of the season for you uh for me patrick bamford and Mm -hmm. i know that's an obvious one but i think when we started the season a lot of people were expecting him to not really be cut out to make it in the premier league rodrigo was coming in they thought he would be the man bamford's got double digits already for the season um and he came up with a couple assists today in that five mil win so i'm a fan i like patrick bamford good 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 shout for me I agree with that. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe lookalike Patrick Bamford gets our midseason award for for player of the season. Where where can lead strengthen and why is it defense? Center back because Robin <laughs> Cock is shit. <laughs> it's so bad, like really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Melier. I thought I, th- I feel like Melier is actually not to blame for all these goals conceded. He's come up with some good saves for me. Uh, I just think central defensively they're 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 not great, but that's. That's Bielsa, right? Um, he's not going to make any excuses for it, as we saw today. Um, but he's he's got a strength, and I think against some of those stronger teams, he got found out against Manchester United the other day. It's a good shout. I have them dropping. Uh, I'm say probably 13th. I, I think is a, a fairly solid spot for for Leeds to finish this season. I think Leeds cracks the top 10, so I think that Ooh. they're going to rise up the table, maybe eighth or ninth in the league, outside of okay. Europe, But I think they'll they'll continue to be be a strong team to play against. Okay. I like that. I like that. I'm trying to see if I, yeah, I guess I've, I've filled out most of my top 10 or my, my uh, upper half of the league. All right. So from Leeds on to Wolverhampton Wanderers, a team that is kind of adrift at the moment, obviously losing Raul Jimenez, uh, I would argue a top when it, when he's healthy, a top three, four, number nine in the Premier League uh, was, was big for them. Uh, what, what would you give Wolves so far this season? Uh, I feel like it's been another typical early season and consistent start from Wolves. I gave them a B minus. I know that's a bit harsh. I know that Jimenez has, has not been, not been playing. I don't think that's harsh. I just, I just think that they've been less impressive to start the season than they were last season. I don't think they were great last season. So that's my, my logic there. I agree with that. I think a B minus is is fair. You know, bringing in bringing in new uh, many new Portuguese teenagers isn't always going to hit. I think that there still needs to be some gelling in that side. Uh, but of the <laughs> of the Portuguese teenagers they've brought in, I think Pedro Neto is uh, probably the the player of the season for them so far. It was it was him or Podence for me, but I, I think it's Neto. Yep, those were the two that I I um, earlisted as well. And I would say that Pedro Neto, for me, as well as being player of the season for Wolves so far, has a very good shout of being young player of the season this year in the Premier League as well. 
I like that. I, whenever we talk about young players this season, I always have to check: Has Trent Alexander Arnold broken the threshold yet? It's been that he's way for been three terrible, seasons. Zach. He's been awful when he's played. He's been awful. He's been out injured part of it. There's no way Trent Alexander Arnold wins, wins Young Player of the Year season, even if he is eligible. No, I know, but the joke being that he's always eligible and always wins it, even though prior to this season, he's. It's tough to say that a a, a player that a lot of people think might be the best right back in the world wins Young Player of the Season. I think this is actually the first season where Raheem Sterling has not been eligible for Young Player of the Season yeah. as well. See, that, that, there you go. That's another. That's another good one. Uh, yeah. So so Neto, um, where where would you say they can strengthen? Center forward. I mean, it's clear to me that they're they're really light up top with Jimenez out. Fabio's a teenager. They've invested heavily in there. He's not the finished article. He's been impressive. I actually mm-hmm. thought that he's put himself about um, pretty well for a teenager in the Premier League with no experience in the league. Um, but the goal scoring threat for me isn't there right now. So center forward, I think they need to do that fairly sharpish in January. On on deadline day, right before the window closes, they sign Joe Felix from Atletico Madrid to to create the ultimate team. They bring back Jota, <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo, re-signed to the Premier League to close out his career. Amazing, amazing to watch. Uh, I I think. Wolves is a tough one. I I could see them bumping up a place. I could see them maybe getting 10th, but I also, it largely depends on when, when Jimenez comes back, right? It's tough to judge at the moment. Yep. I think they finished higher than 12th for sure. Not sure I'm placing, but I think they finished top 10. Okay. I like that. Uh, Okay. The, the team that, I'd like, I think it's it's fair to say has been the the shock performance of of the season so far. Um, maybe them and Aston Villa, Arsenal in thirteenth, starting to get a little bit into into form. They've now won two matches in a row on the weekend. That huge London derby victory over Chelsea, and then getting another victory today. Um, how would you rate the season so far for Arsenal? How low are you willing to go? I wanted to give them an F, but based on the last two games, I thought they've turned it around some, so I gave them an E. An E. Oh, the rare E. I love that. Okay. Yep. I think an E is a, that's fair. I'll, I'll give him an E. I, I like E. That's solid. Yep. Uh, how about your player of the season so far for Arsenal? Ooh, th- so this was a tough one because nobody has played particularly well for, for Arsenal. Obviously, uh, at this point uh, in the season, all Arsenal fans would be hoping that uh, Aubameyang already had 35 goals after how much attention they put into to re-signing him this summer. I went with a defender, believe it or not. I went with Kieran Tierney on this one. I've been quite impressed. A a young player who pretty much is week in and week out in the Arsenal lineup nowadays. Uh, Maybe not week in and week out, but um, I, I... I think that that's that's a young player I'm keeping my eye on right now. What what nationality is Tierney? Is he? It sounds Irish. Is it Irish? I am not sure. That's a good one. I'll look that up while Let's you see. continue your um, your love for Tierney. Let me check it out. I mean, that, that's pretty much it. It is uh, no, it's Scottish actually. He's Scottish. Twenty three years that's of age. Um, yeah, I I think that he is a yeah he's a twenty three, so not super young, but played quite well against Chelsea. Um, I, I've liked watching him play. Yeah, he's born in Douglas of the Isle of Man, which is actually an Irish island. Um, so you're you're right in your your guess that he is he is Irish, but he's representing Scotland. So there you go. Mm-hmm. What about you? Who's your player of the season? Areas they can improve, all that jazz. Went very similar to you. I went to, to defense as well, but I went for Gabrielle. I think he's come in and has done a fantastic job and sure. he's still, still only 22. I think he's going to do the business for 10, 10 years to come here in the Premier League. Uh, for Arsenal, I think they need, still need a creative midfielder. Ozil's gone. Rambo's gone. They've never really found that kind of like 
dynamic creative midfielder to make them tick. Um, so they need to strengthen there. But I think they finish higher than 13th. And I think Mikel Arteta finishes the season as Arsenal manager. Mm-hmm. I agree with both those. I think that I've been saying for weeks that firing Arteta would be the classic Arsenal move of just not really recognizing what the true problem with the club is. I, I think that Arsenal's issues this season stems from purely a, a bunch of players who don't really don't really ha- care that much. I, I know it sounds very simplistic, but there does not seem to be the coherence. There does not seem to be the uh, any sort of leadership on that team. I mean, the now infamous uh, Instagram post uh, about um, about Thierry Henry turning off the Arsenal game because he saw that Granit Xhaka was captaining the side, and he he said uh, that he was unwilling to watch an Arsenal team that was being captained by Granit Xhaka. Proved pretty much correct. Jaka is an absolute nutcase. And if I think that if you listed him as your player this season, I would have kicked you off the pot. I would have found another co-host because um, what a, he, what did a score. he did score a cracking free kick in that last game against Chelsea. He did was against crazy. Chelsea. That is true. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree, though. I think Arsenal finishes. I could see them cracking the top 10. I think that they get their their shit together, for lack of better words. Um, yep. And I, don't, I yeah. don't think they qualify for Europe this season, though. No, I, no, I agree. No. Okay, so on to 14th, uh, Crystal Palace. I went with a B here. Um, 14th is not fantastic, but I just feel like they probably have more points on the board and have looked better than I thought they might. Um, super interesting. I was just thinking about like kind of recent home games for Palace. They played Liverpool at home. They played Spurs at home. I think it was Leicester they played at home the other day. Um, 1-1 draws against Spurs and Leicester. 7-0 win for for Liverpool just kind of shows you when Liverpool want to turn it on, they can turn it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Liverpool essentially can just push the button. And, and so it begins. Uh, I, I think that that's a fair rating for palace. You're, you're not really expecting them to do any better than that. Uh, and I think Roy Hodgson is, he's a good manager. He's doing, you know, he's doing the best with what he has. He understands what they can be doing as a club uh, player of the season for, for palace. I went with Wolf Zaha, the obvious one. I feel like he's actually back in business. He had a poor end to last season. Eight goals and two assists in 14 games for a poor Palace side. I'm still excited to see Eberiki Ezi, what he will do in the second half of the season. I thought he's looked good in the past few weeks, um, but Zaha for me. I went with Eberiki Ezi as my player of the season purely on the fact that he you know, is the only kind of variety that we're seeing that that draws any sort of attention away from Zaha. And that, that was their issue for so long as... You know, besides Newcastle, a team that seemingly could never defend Zaha, um, a lot of teams were kind of found finding them out as he providing a very similar type uh, style on the other wing. You know, that that trickery, that St. Maximin like attitude and confidence. Uh, I'm, I'm, I agree. I'm very excited to see where he goes uh, as a player for Palace. Yep. Key areas needing to strengthen, Zach? Uh, I mean, it has to be striker. It always has to be striker for Palace. They, I don't, I don't remember the last time that you know they've been confident up top. Benteke has been playing well recently. I think it's worth mentioning that that Benteke has picked it up. But uh, as we've seen ever since, you know, what 2013, it seems like he he can't be a consistent striker. Yep, I agree. Um, I, I I still think they still need to strengthen in center back. They've conceded 29 goals, but center forward is probably more of a, a greater need for them, I would say. Um, do they finish higher, lower, or in the same position as they are right now in 14th? I think they probably... Uh, 14th is fair. 14th, 15th. I think they slip a little lower, but stay safe. So I think they'll okay. finish lower than 14th. All right, on to... Um, have you heard of this team, Zach? Newcastle United? 
Newcastle United sitting in, in lucky number 15, exactly where every Newcastle fan hoped we would be. Uh, you know, it, I got to say, before I go into this, all that you can hope as a fan and as a manager of Newcastle is, you know, the, the, rem, the, the remit of avoiding relegation. That's all we could ever be asking for. That's all. Anything above that is mass hysteria. It's histrionics. How could you expect Newcastle to be doing any better uh, than avoiding relegation. So obviously any Newcastle fan will know I'm heavily paraphrasing things that Steve Bruce has said in the last seven days. What an absolute, absolute horrible, horrible, horrible manager Newcastle has at the helm right now. Yep. That's okay. my main focus right now is, is Steve Bruce. And it, it always will be, but I think finally the entire fan base of Newcastle is understanding this. Yep, I think we've finally seen it, and I think the pundits are starting to see it as well. He's out of his depth here. So season grade so far, I gave us a C, purely based on where we are and how many points that we have. When we talk about the football, it's an F. Like It's it's terrible to watch, but we're not in the relegation zone. That's maybe the only positive that we can take in terms of season so far. Sure. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I'm giving Newcastle a D, uh, largely based on what we're watching. I I have no interest in watching Newcastle play football right now. That's not saying I, I won't watch them, and I, I I do watch their games, but the the level of interest I have to see them put out the same the same pedantic, defensive lack of creativity, complete lack of coherence or identity week after week. Like I I couldn't be less interested in watching Newcastle play at the moment. Seventeen goals scored, twenty four allowed in the season. It's it's been symbolic to watch. It's been really really bad. Yep, it's not been good at all. Going from what's bad to what's good, who's been your player of the season so far? I said to you before the pod started, Adam, uh, if somebody came up to you in June and told you that Carl Darlow would be the unanimous favorite for player of the season come December, I I don't know how you would have reacted. You would have wondered if we if we sold uh, if we sold Dubrovka on the deadline day. But yeah, I mean Dar- Darlow is Darlow is the only answer to this question. Nobody else is playing consistently well. Yep, he's he's the answer for sure. Honorable mention for Callum Wilson just for the sure. goals that he's chipped in. But sure. I struggle I struggled with any names outside of those two. Where where do we need to strengthen next month, Zach? Oh man. Uh it, it has to be center midfield. Uh, I think that it uh, Newcastle has a myriad of issues. Don't get me wrong. That's not the only place, but the lack of any sort of creativity in midfield is is so apparent, uh, especially with the injuries that we're seeing, the COVID outbreak that happened at Newcastle, uh, having these lasting effects. It looks like St. Maximin is not going to be back for at least a few more weeks. Uh, Frazier still hasn't gotten healthy. Uh, but yeah, when, you, when, you're par- when you're putting out center midfielders of, you know, Shelby, both Longstaffs and Isaac Hayden, like there is there is nothing there in terms of yep. creativity. Yep. I wrote creative midfielder who ignores Bruce's guidance. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my, I was thinking about that today of just what if all the players went, because there's no way the players are enjoying what's going on. You know, what if they went out there and just said, fuck it, you know, we're going up against Brentford. Let's not play defensive and, and take it to Brentford's, essentially Brentford's reserve team that we lost to in the cup. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a good way of putting it. Yep. So higher, lower, or same position as 15th. This one's tough for me, Adam. I think that if Newcastle cannot put it together, a report came out yesterday in the Telegraph, I believe it was Luke Edwards releasing an article saying that sources are saying that Steve Bruce will be given $0 in January. There's no purse. I, I could see Newcastle going down on, on, on the form right now. We had three consecutive matches against the newly promoted sides and got four points. Four points from nine is rele- that is relegation 
form to an absolute T. Um, I, I think I think Newcastle could very, very quickly get dragged into a relegation fight. Yep, I, I 100% agree. I think we finished lower than 15th. I think we just stay up, but I don't think it's it's going to make for good watching for the rest of the season. Okay, on to 16th, Burnley. Great for them so far. Burnley's a tough one because they, I mean, it's been three seasons in a row now since that, what was it, seventh place finish that they had, I believe, in 2016. Uh, since then, every year, is the, it's a carbon copy. It's start out in relegation form and then put it together. And we're seeing that exact same thing here. It, there are no goals in Burnley no goals in that team at all but I, i'd say you know the fact that they're now rising from the ashes maybe a c plus i think that's yep. a, probably probably fair i give them a c so i think you're you're right around where i was thinking for me only eight goals scored this season you hit the nail on the head there i feel like barnes and wood are better than that i think that they just haven't necessarily um gotten the service so far this season i think they'll start to score more goals as the season progresses who's your player of the season for burnley i struggled here this was absolutely a tough one i don't think nick pope has been particularly impressive although nothing really you know it's tough to be impressive when you have such a, a poor uh poor team i think goodmanson in midfield has has had some flashes to me i, I think that he is a player that is maybe a creative midfielder but i don't know kind of a toss-up yeah, I went for midfield as well. Um, before I go into this, Dwight McNeil has zero goals and one assist in 13 games. That's shocking for a player that we were talking about. If they went down Burnley last season, everybody would be clamoring for him. I actually went for Ashley Westwood, um, defensive midfielder. I think that he's been quietly doing a good job for them there and keeping them a little bit better at the back in the last few games. Ben Mee was also somebody that I thought about. I think Mee is actually a better defender than Tarkovsky. Um, so I, I like him a lot. Uh, and then the area they need to strengthen for me, I mentioned it. Dwight McNeil hasn't hasn't really kind of played well, and they've been lacking that service up to the top two. So it's creative midfield for me. No, interesting. I thought you would have said striker. I think it's one of the two. They're kind of interchangeable in, in a way. Um, but could you imagine Sean Deitch not playing two massive, slow strikers up top? There's there's no way he would ever deviate from that. No. Chris, Chris Wood and um, Ashley Barnes are, are good strikers. Like, okay, let me ask you this, Zach. If you put Chris Wood and then just your city There it is. I was waiting for that. <laughs> All right, never mind. Move it, move it on. Do you think they'll finish higher, lower, or the same as 16th? Um, higher. In, higher. In one of the three places above 16th, so 13th through 15th. Yeah, I agree. Bottom half, but above 16th for me. Okay, yeah, on to... Right. One okay. so one one fact that I was trying to slip into ten and ninety, but I couldn't figure out how to word it exactly. And you reminded me of this when talking about how Dwight McNeil, uh, a player that was so highly uh, lauded after last season and has done almost nothing. Did you know that Adama Traore has not scored a Premier League goal for over a calendar year? Wow, that's crazy. I did not talk know about that. talk about players that were. He was getting linked with Barcelona at the end of last season. He needs to spend less time oiling his arms and more time on the practice field. Ooh, can't agree with that. But uh, on to Burnley in 17th, uh, a Brighton, team that – sorry, God, Right where they Brighton. belong? Brighton. Or Brighton, excuse me. Burnley, Brighton. Brighton in 17th, slipping, slipping a bit. They were uh, – I don't know if I'd say impressive, but uh, playing a bit better and, and recently have fallen into some kind of dreadful form. Yep. I gave them a C. Um, 
mostly because I'm an apologist for Graham Potter. Um, they flattered to deceive. They smashed Newcastle, as they always do. Took a point off United in a 3-3 draw, but they've just been very inconsistent for me. Um, so I think a C is probably pretty generous. I think that's fair. I think a, a, a C minus a D, uh, I think that they're, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll kind of go out of order here. The the place they need to strengthen absolutely is that striker. They have yep. almost no, no strength up top. Um, some, some solid midfielders. Lamptey has been good. I picked Pascal Gross as my player of the season, but I, I think that you can kind of pick a number of, uh, yep. you know, the, the creative midfielders they have, but there's, there's nothing threatening up top right now. No, I, I agreed with center forward is where they need the help. And my player of the season, you mentioned him as well as Terry Clamp. Yep. Yeah. There's rumors about Arsenal actually being in the market for him in the January transfer window, which I thought was really interesting. Ex-Chelsea mm. player. So uh, for Brighton, higher, lower, or same as 17th? <sighs> trying to just remember where I was placing teams. Uh, they'll finish 16th. How okay. about that? I think yeah. they finished 17th. I think they finished the okay. same spot. Okay. On to the bottom dwellers, bottom three, starting with Fulham in 18th. Zach, what's your grade for Fulham so far? So Fulham is actually a tough one for me because almost, uh, not almost an entirely new team, but a a, a lot of summer signings uh, went into Fulham and they, they did have to kind of gel over the first few games of the season. That being said, to be consistent with what I said earlier of, uh, you know, the idea that it doesn't take that much time to adapt to the Premier League. I think that it, it, you know, in relegation, you have to have a pretty poor grade. I'll go with D plus here. I think that they are finding a nice bit of form at the moment, but I mean, they're if the season ended today. They're back in the championship. I gave them a B minus. Um, oh. Yeah, I actually went a bit higher on this one because they're right where I thought they would be, right? I thought these, I thought they were fodder for relegation. And I feel like they've actually surpassed, I think, in some ways where I thought they might be. They've got 11 points from 15 games. They're going to need to pick it up, but they've started to, they've just had four draws in a row and they've been taking points off good teams, Zach. They've been taking points off good teams. I feel like they need to give Scotty Parker some time. He took him down last year or two years ago, I should say, when um, when they went down and he came in for the last few games for that. They stuck by him. He brought him straight back up. Um, and I do think he is the right man for the job there. I think for me, the errors they need to strengthen are up top. And that's the problem for them. Mitro has been AWOL this season. There's not enough goals in this team for me. And if they can figure that out and they can invest this month, I think they get that figured out. I think they'll be in good shape. They've got Alphonse Ariola in goal. For me, he's their player of season so far. Huge coup to get him in the side. Um, and that's where I see the, the state of Fulham right now. I like that. I agree with essentially everything you've said. I'm, I'm glad that finally what seems like 10 years after Mitrovic was cast away by Rafa Benitez, finally, finally people are seeing that he's not a very good striker because I've always been on the anti-Mitrovic bandwagon. Uh, Ariola was my initial pick. I went with Bobby Reed. I think that he has been an impressive player for Fulham this season. And again, it's, you know, four draws in a row is nothing inspiring, but it's, it's form of a team that stays up on the final day, which is probably what Fulham is not aiming for, but is likely to become. Yeah, I like Bobby Reed. He just has a, go- a lot of good fight in him, doesn't he? He just seems like a player that wants to get stuck in and, and do the hard, hard, dirty work for the team and uh, and obviously put in a shift. So uh, I, I like that call a lot. Do they finish in the bottom three, higher or lower? They go up to 17th. They will okay. survive on the final day. I have them going down in 18th, although I think <sighs> that they'll, they'll make a fight of it. So... <laughs> but they'll do it with some style and an appreciable amount of confidence yeah. and talent. 
and pretty minimal investment in the team, to be honest. They really spent their money two seasons ago when they first came up to the Premier League. They haven't really spent a whole lot since. So credit to Scotty Parker. I think he's doing a good job there. On to a team in 19th who just replaced their manager, West Brom. Sam Allardyce coming in to replace Slavin Bilic. What would you give them so far on the season, Zach? I know you want me to give them a better grade because they just drew 1-1 against Liverpool, but I, I think it has to be a D- minus for West Brom. I mean, they're, they've shipped goals for fun in the, the Premier League this season. Uh, the most goals uh, allowed in the Premier League with 35 in 16 games. That's over two goals allowed per game, only 11 goals uh, to account for. So, yeah, I think West Brom has have been pretty much as bad as you expected them to be. Yep, I gave them a D. I thought they've been disappointing. They were one of the automatic promoted teams mm -hmm. from last season versus Fulham who came via the playoffs. So for them to be lower than Fulham for me is a bit disappointing for them. Player of the season so far, I went with their keeper. Most saves in the league, Sam Johnston, um, has come up with over 60 saves so far this season. Um, a lot of lot went past him today. Leeds put five past him. But in general, I think they could be a lot worse off in terms of goals against if it wasn't for him and then i gave an honorable mention to connor gallagher i thought he's had a good season so far okay i wrote uh and i quote uh not applicable for player of the season but if i had to pick one it would be sam johnston because nobody is playing well for lee or excuse me for west brom but sam johnston is playing the best for west brom okay i'm gonna i'm gonna transition from that into kiera's needing strengthening zach i'm just gonna ask you name a west brom striker Oh, I had it. I had it on the tip of my tongue. I just watched. <laughs> I just watched the. Uh, I just watched the highlights. Actually, no, I watched the highlights, and I remember looking at the lineup and saying, "Oh, Matt Phillips," and then nobody else rang a bell to me. So, um, yeah, the the strike force or lack thereof is is pretty big there. Yep, Carlin Grant is the the future for them. That's who they're pinning all their hopes on. And then Charlie Austin's coming off the bench with his bleached blonde hair in his 30s. Good job, buddy. Good job. Um, so center forward is where I think they need to to strengthen. So they finish higher, lower, or well, I guess let's put it a different way. Sam Allardyce has never been relegated. Does he get relegated this season? He does. Okay. He does. This team. Okay. This team is. This team is not good enough to survive. Yep, I agree. I think they go down in 19th. Mm -hmm. All, all right. right. Sheffield United currently on pace to become the worst team in Premier League history with two points yeah. in 16 matches. They would best the, what was it? Eight point total of Derby County in 2007. I yeah. believe it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we don't need to dig into why Sheffield United, like why we feel that they are performing poorly. It's, uh, is there a letter? I guess Z, Z would make sense if we're going on an A down scale. Uh, but yeah, nothing, nothing positive about that side. I heard an amazing statistic, right? They've played 16 games. They have two points. If Sheffield United win half of their games, their remaining games, that would put them on 35 points, which is still relegation form. So they're not going to win half of their remaining games. They haven't won one game, and they're 16 games in. So, uh, I mean, they're, they're done, right? They have to be. They're done, indeed. Yep. There, there's no best player for Sheffield United. There's no player of this season for them. I gave it on I gave it on promise and potential. I gave it to Sander Burge, still only twenty-two. Um, was their most expensive signing in the January transfer window last time. He'll he'll go somewhere in Norwegian International um when they get relegated, but that I gave it purely on merit and not on performance. Okay. Key areas to strengthen for 
the worst team in Premier League history? Uh, <laughs> I think we got to go with up top, right? Yep, I agree. Chris yep. Wilder, unfortunately, you know the uh, the, the story, the storied storied rise that he has taken Sheffield United on, I think, should end pretty soon. I think he needs to go. Yep, lowest tally in the league um, with eight goals as well. So just really, really bad. All right, that's our that's our one through twenty for you. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed listening to our ramblings here. But we'll go quickly into our Premier League top scores before we take another quick break. Uh, Thirteen goals. Um, out and out leader now, Mo Salah uh, on 13. We've got three players tied at 11 in Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Hyungmin Son, and Jamie Vardy. Vardy, the only one without three names in that list. Um, and then with 10 goals, Bruno Fernandes and Patrick Bamford, newcomers to the list. But Bruno Fernandes, top class, top class. Out. Absolutely. Yeah, Bruno Fernandes. Has, uh, we've given him quite a bit of credit uh, this season. But yeah, top scorers, uh, it is looking interesting. Salah getting back to his best. A lot of rumors that he is he's trying to get out of Liverpool. Uh, uh, an interview that he did with a Spanish newspaper last week uh, quoted him on saying that he dreams of playing for Barcelona and Real Madrid. Obviously, you know, we don't know what the translation really was. And you can also say that that and mean in six years, I would like to play for them. But there are rumors going around and Jurgen Klopp, I think giving him credit is one thing that he does so well. Um, just saying, I haven't lost most a lot. I haven't lost the locker room. Don't, don't, don't waste my time with the, these types of rumors. So I, I believe him. I don't, I don't think Salah is, is trying to leave right this moment. Yep. Agree. I think Salah's around for a few seasons to come. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back with armchair pundits 10 and 90. And then our games we're looking forward to. All right. Welcome back to the false nines episode 58. You want to go straight into armchair pundit, Zach? I do. I do. I, I was going to say uh, that I, I wanted to bring up the the COVID issues that the Premier League is having, but we did touch upon that pretty much before talking about anything else. So, um, yeah, we, we can dive right into it. Armchair pundits. All right, let's do it. You want to go first or second, sir? Um, I'll go first because mine is light and doesn't have any sort of stats backing it up, which I assume yours does because I have done this podcast with you for, for a while now. Um Arsenal win the FA Cup. Okay, because great. because because nothing would be more fitting than Arsenal to finish in the bottom half of the table but win the FA Cup because that's what they do. And that's it. Okay. I'm done. Mine is going to be equally as simple. Um oh. <laughs> and it's not going to have a lot of statistics either. Sheffield wow. United's first win of the season will come against Newcastle on January the 12th. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. All right, let's yeah. move on to 90. I can't. That's, well, that's oh, you, have, say. you have something. You have something. Okay, they go do, for it. They do have Palace next, and they'll fail to beat Palace, and then they'll beat Newcastle after that. That's it. I'll beat Newcastle 7 nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Newcastle. I was going to say Newcastle goes down as my armchair pundits, but I can save that for later in the season. Yeah, Rian Brewster's going to score a hat-trick for Sheffield United against us. They're going to get Dean Dean Henderson on a one-game loan, and he's going to put up 15 saves against Newcastle, and they're going to win 3 nothing. Yep, exactly. So Palace or Newcastle next. Do you think if they don't um, win either of those two games, you think Wilder's gone? I mean, it's really difficult to predict when he would be gone if they haven't fired him yet. Uh, it, you, you do just wonder, like, how long does, you know, does the – does his relationship to the club? How long does that keep him on? But uh, I think that yeah, that's a that's a good point. Those are two teams that are if you're somehow going to survive, you need to at least get 
uh, a few points from there. So yeah, zero points, maybe they finally, finally cut them loose. If you're going to win more than half your games, you need to be beating Palace and Newcastle. That's a great way of putting it, exactly. And that's their goal is to win half of their games. Yep. All right, on to 10 and 90. Um, I'll go first on this one, Zach. Um, as I, uh, It's nicely transitioning in from some relegation-threatened teams. Um, I got some statistics on you for the manager that just took over at West Bromwich Albion, Mr. Sam Allardyce. I love this. I Before you jump into this, I was listening to uh, Football Daily, the BBC Daily podcast um, that they do every day because that's what daily means. Um, and uh, they they made a really good point. They were discussing this. They were saying, is Sam Allardyce the only manager in the entire world that exclusively gets referred to by his first name? And he, so. you, you never hear somebody say Sam Allardyce. You hear Sam or Big Sam, and that is it. There, there's nobody who ever, nobody has ever said Allardyce. And it, it was just a funny talking point because you're right. Like Big Sam, Big Sam, Big Sam, Sam, like that, that's it. I don't have an answer for that one. I'm going to give it some more thought though, because I want to try and prove you wrong at least. Okay. Think okay. of one other manager that at least gets called by his first name or a, a nickname, Big Sam being the nickname, more than Sam Allardyce. That would yep. be your challenge. NES, Nuno Espirito Santo. That, by definition of what getting called by your first name is, well, that Nuno, Nuno, yeah, exactly. Super, Santo. Super NES, yep. Okay. Um, all right, all go right. for it. Here's some, some facts. I, this one's going to start with an easy one. This will be as easy as it gets, so please get this one right. Which team has Sam Allardyce both played for and managed for the longest time in his career? Ooh, I definitely do not know the answer to this. Um, West Ham. Uh, he did manage West Ham, but Bolton Wanderers is the correct answer. 14 years as a player, nine years as a manager from 99 to 2008. I, you, you could tell me that he managed any team in English football, and I would believe you. I didn't know that he managed Bolton or played for them. So He's yeah. managed many teams in English football. So, yeah. All right, question number two. Sam's grandson, also named Sam Allardyce, signed for, signed for which League One team in – when I say League One, I mean – English League One, not French League One, uh, team in May 2019. Are you going to give me a clue here? Yes, I got to tell you their stadium, just in case you know this, the Kassam Stadium. Oh, man, that gives it all away. Uh, the answer to this is Hull City. Now, I know that Hull City doesn't play in that stadium. The answer <laughs> to this is... Sam Stadium. I'm just trying to think of any team. Bolton? Is it Bolton? It's not. The city begins with an O, and the team begins with an O, obviously. An O? That's interesting. Not a lot of teams in English football begin with... It's, it's not Orient, comma, Leighton. <laughs> no. It's Oxford United. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Yep. I need. I figured oh, I'd have to give you a couple clues there, but um, obscure, right? Grandson Very playing good. for league football uh the last time allardyce won an epl manager of the month award was in october 2014 which team was he managing at the time Zach? <laughs> again i i stand no chance here um sunderland it was west ham 
All right. All right. I'll just a quick callback. Um, when you clarified that his grandson is playing for League One in England, as if Sam Allardyce would let a relative of his play in France. <laughs> don't don't, they do don't play long ball in France. Oh my goodness. <laughs> all right. Question number four. I think you're gonna enjoy this one. Which Premier League manager back in 2014 described Big Sam's team's footballing style as football from the 19th century? <laughs> Um, do I get a clue on the manager or is it? It should be fairly obvious based on the way that was worded. Footballing style from the 19th century. I would complain about a team playing defensively and trying to eke out a result? Which manager? Do you think? Jurgen Klopp. 2014? No. Mm. Um, Two. Okay. Give me one more shot. Uh, Pep Guardiola. Jose Mourinho. I was going to say that, but then you said who would complain about that, and that threw me off because Jason Rooney has made everything. Yeah, but he also has made a career of playing defensively, so you kind of you misled me. All right, you're going to hate this question, but I love it. As a player, Big Sam played one season in the USA in the NASL, the North American Soccer League, for which team? Uh, I'll give you a clue. It's a Florida Floridian okay. team. Floridian team. Um, I, the, 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 Orlando FC, no, they're new. Um, what teams play in Florida that existed? Remember, this was when, when Big Sam was a player, and he's been a manager for a long-ass time. I, I'll, just get, I'll guess the city is Jacksonville. That's all I'm giving you. Tampa Bay Rowdies. Ooh, I like that. That fits him well. Yep, he's kind of a rowdy guy. Okay, last question for you as always. Pronounce this Welsh word for me, Zach. I-O-N-A-W-R. Words are always great when they start with I-O-N, right? Inwer. One more time. Inwer. It's Yonawr. Oh, God, that's a brutal one. That's one of the better ones you've done recently. What What does that mean? means big. January, as in the January transfer window. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. I like go. that. Okay. Very good. Learning I'm, so many words. I'm nervous about yours, so go ahead. Okay. You shouldn't be. Um, I went with a, uh, a theme today, and that is... Uh, yeah, is that consistent? Uh, a little bit of a theme, a little bit of a goal scoring in the Premier League theme. Every, I guess every question is regarding players who play in the Premier League currently. So that's that. I'll, I'll go with that as my... As my theme. Question number one, Adam, and you have a 50-50 shot here. Who is older, Edinson Cavani or Jamie Vardy? Cavani. Jamie Vardy is older by 40 days. Oh, very Both close. Both of those players are 33 years old, and I heard this on, uh, on uh, a podcast because they were saying it's unbelievable how people speak about Cavani like he's 45. I thought I thought you might be trying to throw me off there because that was naturally who you would think is older. But yeah, yeah I also I thought you, Jamie Vardy right? was 36 last week when we when we did our pod. So that's 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 true. Um, yeah. I kind of played that that reverse psychology on you. Um, okay, question number two: Which three field players, so non goalkeepers, mm -hmm. that I have mentioned by name during today's episode have played every single minute this season in the Premier League? Ooh. I'm going to go with Jack Grealish. 
Incorrect. Hoiberg. Incorrect. Ooh, Hoiberg's a good guess, but incorrect. Hmm. Let's. It's unlikely to be a European team because they rotate their squads. Um. Let's go with. Oh God, I don't know. Bobby Reed. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, Jesus Ward Prize. Yes. Okay. Tomas Suchek. Okay. And James Justin have played every single minute this season. Oh, you've got a bit of a love affair for this James Justin. I think he's your new Ioze Perez. No. See, the reason that that's incorrect is Ioze Perez will always be my Ioze Perez. <laughs> uh, but but I but I like where your head's at. Um, question number three, Adam. Which player in the Premier League is currently averaging? A goal exactly every 90 minutes. Hmm. Meaning he hasn't played because Salah's only got 13. Hmm. This is a good question, Zach. I don't like these good questions that you come up with. I appreciate that. Can you give me a clue? <laughs> Somebody we have talked about at length today. You have spoken about him very recently. Okay. Five, five to seven seconds to guess this. Uh, Callum Wilson. When I say that you have talked about this player very recently, it was the last player that you mentioned. It is Mohamed Salah. <laughs> okay. Was it Salah? Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. he hasn't okay. played every game. He hasn't played every game. I knew that he actually sat out and came on in the 7-0 win against Palace, but I didn't realize that. So there you go. Most a lot. Question number four. Three players in the Premier League have scored five game-winning goals this season. Who are they? So the, the hint here is not a ton of players have scored more than five goals. Yes. Youngman Son. Correct. Dominic Calvert-Lewin. No, no, no. Well, I'll go Mo Salah. I'll go back to the well again. Mo Salah? <laughs> Not Mo Salah. <laughs> Shit. Um, let's go with... I know that he scored a lot of these game-winning goals. Let's go with Callum Wilson. Jamie Vardy. Okay. And Bruno Fernandes. Bruno. Yep. Bruno's been it, a star. It kind of, the, the, the tough thing there is like it could be a goal scored in the first minute, and if they win 1-0, that is a game-winning goal. <laughs> it's true. If, it, if the score is 7-0, is the seventh goal the game-winning goal in that logic? No, it would be the first goal. It would be the first goal. Okay, got it. Yeah, because they didn't need any of the rest of them. I got you. Okay. Yeah. All right, question number five. Uh, this one I really dug for. Which English player in the Premier League has six away goals and zero home goals this season? It's <laughs> a good question. Uh, so who scored six goals is the first question. Exactly. Let's go with Vardy. Oh, 
No. Oh, I found this stat before today. Okay. Well, that, this is not true. It was Marcus Rashford. And with no time left in the game, he won the game at Old Trafford today. So Marcus Rashford now has six away goals and one home goal this season. But <laughs> before before today, Marcus Rashford had six away goals and zero home goals. There you go. And he celebrated in front of zero fans, Zach. Oh, damn it. I was so close to having that be a true fact. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I like it. I still wouldn't have got it even if he had even if he hadn't yeah, scored the goal today. So I I appreciate that. Um all right, Adam. What matches you excited for this weekend? What what matches should people tune in for? Assuming that they go ahead, Zach, Chelsea Man City re, re um reorganized or reshuffled the schedule to play on Sunday. Spurs versus Leeds, I think will be a barnstormer because Leeds like to attack, have a lot of possession. Spurs like to counterattack, so we'll see how that one goes. And then uh third one I'll go with is Manu Villa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to say all three of those. Uh, I'll say the one I don't want to watch is Newcastle Leicester because I don't want my heart broken in a million pieces. We always play terrible against Leicester. It's not going to be pretty. I'm predicting, though, that Villa will take points off of Manchester United at Old Trafford. I can see that. I like that. I like that. Who wins? Uh, City, City, Chelsea. What happens there? It's a huge game, right? Because Lampard really needs this win. City are actually 10 unbeaten now in the league. So okay. I'm going with City. Sorry. Gotcha. All right. And finally, uh, Spurs leads. I'll let you go first. Who do you think? I think I think Tottenham wins this game. I think that Marcelo Bielsa, you know, has this incredible style, but I think that Jose Mourinho, Jose Mourinho knows how to lure somebody into a trap and then close that on them. 1-1 one, one for me. Okay. I like that. That, yep. that would be very unlike leads to score and give up only one goal, but it's a fair, it's a fair guess. Yep. They've had a couple of one nils as well. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility. You never know what you're going to get with Bielsa. It's not beyond the realm of Bielsa. They say as they close out the podcast for the 58th episode, good one, Adam will, will reconvene in a couple of weeks when either the Premier league is completely done for the year or more matches have been played. I don't know which one I would put my money on at the moment. Yep. It's probably a good time to do this mid season recap, just in case things go to shit. So at least we've, we've been able to recap where all the teams are. Right <laughs> that, that was your mid slash potentially end of season <laughs> recap for you. So <laughs> I, I hope that you enjoyed that. All of our predictions are correct. Yep, exactly. That's where Newcastle going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Newcastle would stay up, which they wouldn't deserve, but uh, all right. Well, true. We'll, we'll close this one out on that note. Been a pleasure as always. We will, Be back in a couple. Everybody have a good New Year's Eve. Footy. Footy. Peace.